Today's episode of The Dave Chang Show is brought to you by State Farm. Look, as you guys know, I tend to give it to you straight. And while I know a lot of things, I also know there are times when I need to lean on others for help. When it comes to insurance, State Farm is the one I count on. I love that they make insurance easy. You can monitor your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim with their app, which was just awarded Best Insurance Mobile App of 2019. And thanks to their network of 19,000 agents, you'll have someone local to walk you through options and help you choose a policy that truly meets your needs versus cookie-cutter coverage. But what I appreciate most is that they don't mess around. They don't bother with gimmicks or games, just helpful guidance you can rely on. Go out and get the insurance you deserve. Get State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get a quote or find an agent at statefarm.com. We are dead. We are dead. We are dead. We have children, so we are dead. Welcome to another episode of Dads, Volume 3. I dare say the secret surprise winner of quarantine in terms of listeners and uh, people seem to be digging it. What sort of was a not a joke, but something we weren't taking as seriously has become something that I believe might be a regular occurring feature even past quarantine. In this episode, we have Chris Ying and Wiley Dufresne. This is Wiley's third appearance on our podcast, and if you haven't listened to his uh, podcast on Too Small to Fail a couple weeks ago, check it out, support Dew's Donuts, and learn about one of the best chefs America's ever produced and one of the most important chefs America's ever produced, Wiley Dufresne, one of my close friends, and uh, I love him very much and his entire family and one of the best people in the business. Um, but before we get to a volume of dads, I wanted to talk about a couple things. One is um, Momofuku launched Season Salts over the holidays, and uh, we have resupplied them. If you sign up for a waiting list on shoppeachykeen.com, that's shoppeachykeen, K-E-E-N, one word, dot momofuku.com, or you can just visit the website momofuku.com and see Shop Peachy Keen and the store and sign up on the waiting list. It should be launching next week. It's taken some time for us to get the adequate amount of supplies out to everybody. It's a, you know, a product from our lab, and we are very excited about having it. These are ingredients that we use in our own restaurants. That's very important. Whatever we sell, it's stuff that we use. Uh, it's a savory salt, a tingly salt, and a chili salt. And uh, they're balanced umami, and the tingly's got Sichuan peppercorn and some mala. The chili's got spice and some. It's not just spicy; it's it's round, and and that's the word I keep on saying, roundness. Anyway, check it out; it's fantastic. I wouldn't be saying that if I didn't use it all the time myself, and it's been a lifesaver for me. So I'm thankful that that the team dropped off some big bags for me to use. Um, we will be posting a photo of Wiley's butterscotch pudding recipe. Just giving you a heads up, we talk about it because I wanted to make it myself. And he's going to talk about a very simple recipe. And I'll be honest, I have never made pudding in my life, ever. I have uh, not the best baking pastry skills comparatively. 
it's one of my great regrets not working with, say, a Karen Damasco when I was in uh, just a line cook as a craft, and she worked for the great Claudia Fleming. And, you know, I think my dessert skills and baking have gotten better. And obviously, you know, one of the reasons I brought Christina Tosi on board is not just because she's a world-class chef. She's an amazing baker in her own right. And I have just not had the time to focus as much as I'd like. And when I dawned on me when Wiley was saying, hey, I got a great pudding recipe, I was like too embarrassed to tell him I've never made pudding before. And um, I wound up making the pudding. I don't have cornstarch. I have the the thicket gel, uh, not the thicket gel, it's just called thicket, thick now uh, that I got from the Walgreens convenience store. And you can get that pretty much anywhere, which is modified cornstarch with tapioca maltodextrin. So it's not pure cornstarch. So I had to sort of figure out the recipe on my own, but it turned out really well. And uh, I won't even tell Wiley what what I did because I didn't have brown sugar or any butterscotch flavoring, but I had a cake box, a prepackaged cake box that was chocolate flavor. And I used that as my chocolate flavoring for my pudding and i dare not show him what i made because he might not have loved it plus i didn't weigh anything out and yet it still turned out great but that's the beautiful thing about wiley is he makes some of the best food and some of the recipes can be incredibly simple and um, some of the dishes that he created at wd50 and 71 clinton could be technically difficult but beautiful and delicious. And simultaneously, he can make the simplest recipe pretty damn perfect. And this pudding recipe that we'll post is phenomenal. And I've now made it four times. And I've blamed the other people in my house every time the fridges open up and I say, who's been eating all the pudding? Well, that person's been me. I have been eating all the pudding and uh, blaming everyone else. But check out that recipe. Um, next Thursday, we have a very special podcast and one of the best interviews I think we've ever had with Jonathan Nolan, goes by Jonah Nolan. You may know him as the creator with his wife, Lisa Joy, of Westworld, the show on HBO that I think is just absolutely fabulous. Some of the best TV I've ever watched in my life, and it's just sort of catnip. The whole show's catnip for me. I've never in my wildest dreams thought a show could like tackle these issues in such an entertaining way. And, uh, you know, he's been the screenwriter for Memento and the Dark Knight Batman series and The Prestige, an amazing movie about uh, magic. If you haven't watched these movies, you should check it out. His brother is the great director, Christopher Nolan. So when we had the opportunity to speak to Jonah, I was, uh, I was nervous. We were really nervous because he's like a year older than me, but he's made or been part of so many cultural moments in my life. And it's just weird because we're sort of the same age and I just love everything he's done. And he's wicked, wicked intelligent. And, um, you know, it was a real blast to listen to him. So we're going to encourage anyone to watch Westworld if you haven't watched it and to finish season three of Westworld if you haven't finished it. And I almost think that you could watch season three before season one and two and it's not going to make a difference because it's just excellent television, highly entertaining, 
and uh, strangely topical for the current situation we're living in right now. But um, what a thoughtful guy. And I, I really hope Jonah comes back on our podcast as many times as humanly possible because I swear to God, I could have talked to him for about five or six hours. Um, I've been finally slowly catching up on TV. I don't know what, eight weeks of quarantine. I have no idea. 60 some days of quarantine. And I haven't watched that much TV. One of the reasons is our Wi-Fi is incredibly spotty where we're at. And we finally got that fixed. So I can finally watch the last dance with Michael Jordan. I feel like I'm one of the last people that haven't watched it. And uh, I've been trying to avoid Bill's and Ryan Rosillo's podcast on Sunday nights where they do the recap because I just want to watch it because growing up, I idolized Michael Jordan. Uh, I was one of those kids that had like Michael Jordan posters everywhere. And uh, my mom and dad wouldn't let me get multiple Air Jordan. Like, I think I was only able to like get two in my lifetime before I was able to pay for them myself. And just a blast from the past to read all these things. So I'm, I'm beyond excited to sort of sink my teeth into this doc that uh, so many people have been talking about. But uh, the one thing that I've been watching and chipping away at and was actually one of my goals, and I actually had it downloaded probably a year ago, even before the Disney Plus app came out, I bought it on iTunes, was the entire season of Star Wars Rebels, which I didn't know that much about. And, and because I was traveling so much this year, that's where I get to watch most of my TV is on airplanes. And because it's hard to stream on an airplane, I, I tend to like buy TV shows and watch them there. And I have all the seasons of Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars. And I'm a big sci-fi nerd. All the more reasons why I was so excited for Jonah Nolan, but whether it's Tolkien or George Lucas or anything sci-fi, I tend to go down a pretty deep rabbit hole. I'm not the hardest core of nerds, but it's a great distraction of mine. So I don't even know why I never watched Star Wars Rebels. And I think part of the reason was is it aired from 2014 to 2018. And Dave Filoni, who was the, I think he worked on The Mandalorian with Jon Favreau, wrote and directed and was the sort of showrunner for Clone Wars and Rebels. It was sort of the continuous link between all this. Anyway, I'm talking forever about this. I simply wanted to say I watched, I finally completed all four episodes and I wept like a baby on uh, the final episode uh, of season four. And I, I really think that a cartoon and animation might be the best way for anyone to consume Star Wars. It's so good. I couldn't believe how good it was. And Rebels was just a total joy to watch. So there, that's my recommendation. I even got Grace to watch it. And Grace is right next to me. She liked it, right? It reminded you a little bit of Harry Potter, right? It's just really good. And I, I think Grace was a little bit surprised at how good it was. And this is my wife who doesn't care about Star Wars whatsoever. You're like, I'm Star Wars generation and she's Harry Potter generation. I've never been able to sort of successfully bring her over to the Star Wars side. And uh, she was captivated by this cartoon. So check it out. I wanted to share that with you. And uh, it's uh, apropos to bring up because Wiley Dufresne was the, when J.J. Um, Abrams came out with the next trilogy of Star Wars movies. And this is probably six years ago now. Wiley and I were texting and we watched it together at like nine in the morning. 
<laughs> and uh, that was fun. And, uh, you know, Wiley, I can't wait to give him a big hug. And I miss him. And I'm glad that we're at least able to talk on this podcast. And uh, hope you enjoy Volume 3 of Dads. We are dads. We are dads. We are dads. We have children. So we are dads. Well, this is our first guest. Hopefully your recurring guest, because I love having you on. I know a lot of people love hearing your voice and your thoughts. But I mean, um, if, it depends on my schedule, Dave. I got to be honest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Wiley was on our uh, Ugly Delicious Babies episode and uh, much appreciated. And Wiley is the father of two beautiful daughters. And we're all dads here. And as Wiley spoke about last episode, white guys have kids too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's true. So, how are we starting this game? Well, uh, welcome, Wiley. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always, always enjoy the opportunity to chat with you, fine gentlemen. <laughs> we uh, we got a little taste of of what's happening in in Wiley's world of uh, parenthood on our Too Small to Fail podcast. Um, some of the trials and tribulations of being a, a thrust into the position of a homeschooler. Um, in addition to a private chef, as as Dave also has become intimately familiar with, but um, let's start off with some let's start off with some good news. How about that? Let's start off with things we did well as dads this week. And I'm, I'm going to open the floor to either one of you here. I think Wiley's prepared. Let, yeah, well, <laughs> let the guest go first. As our as our guest, why don't you jump in, Wiley, and tell us something you did well as a dad this week. Well, we, I mean, we've got a couple of, of what I, I believe are very positive, optimistic things. Um, Ellery had, Ellery and Sawyer both had an assignment to build a Rube Goldberg type machine that would do something. Uh, and, and so that was a fun project that, that initially I was concerned about its, its outcome, but we were able to, uh, go down into the basement and figure out a way to deliver a bar of soap into Ellery's hands and we utilized um, a lot of fun things in the basement. We got, we brought our, we have an, a very old ski ball machine that I bought my wife a couple years ago as a Christmas present. And we got the ski ball machine involved and there's a treadmill down there. Um, and it, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, setting up some PVC tubes and a soda can and balls and, and all this stuff and getting the the thing to work. And I think it, it felt good because it was a good example of, uh, at first you don't succeed, try, try again, or sort of my relentless desire to keep tinkering and keep working and fixing. I mean, we did not come close to getting it right on the first try and we had to make a video to send to their school and we didn't get it right on the first take, but we just kept chipping away and chipping away. And I felt like not only did we successfully pull something fun off that made the girls smile, but there were some good life lessons in there about don't give up, persevere, keep trying, uh, that sort of thing. So I, I felt like that was, that was definitely a win. And, and how old are the girls and, and what, what grade is that class for? Uh, it was, they, they, again, they both had the assignment. So, okay. uh, they're seven and 10 grades, two and five. Okay. That's, I mean, is that indicative of sort of what the homeschooling has been? That seems like an ideal kind of homeschool assignment. 
Um, it was a, it was a fun one. I mean, there are some that are that are not always challenging. And the nice thing about this one was that it was assigned to them both, so there was overlap because there isn't a lot of times that the the second grade and fifth grade curriculum overlap. You know, I mean, today we're my older daughter and I were talking about parallelograms and mm-hmm. uh, geometry and Euclidean geometry, and that did not resonate well with our second grader. But uh, or or with me. <laughs> yeah dave is enrolled in some second grade homeschool classes over zoom right now but um uh, wiley i know we said like let's keep it positive but tell me the truth here was there a moment as you're building this rube golden machine take five where you were like fuck this thing <laughs> like it, were you frustrated at any point building this complex thing uh well sure i was frustrated but you know i have a long history of failure that uh <laughs> allows me to have a bit of a comfort zone in that in that area arena and so i i think i also have a willingness to fail and to keep trying and to keep tinkering and chipping away and that doesn't you know i i hopefully that has served me well whether it's making donuts or frying mayonnaise or any number of other crazy mm, things we've fried mayonnaise <laughs> not great for quarantine it's a bit a bit it's a lot of work for quarantine <laughs> but uh but I mean, no, there was a moment where I thought they might pack it up. Um, and there, were some, <laughs> there were some moments where like, you know, this is more, this is becoming mom and dad's project and it's no longer really our project. And we had to explain to them that that's not true, that we're just trying to get it right. Um, but I, you know, I think there were some, I think there were some good takeaways and life lessons in there. I felt like that was a win. Last question about that. Did you see any of the other kids, Rube Goldberg machines or any, get a taste of anybody else's stuff? No, we turned our video in, and we know that our um, that the science teacher showed it to some people because Ellery's uh, actual homeroom teacher said, "I saw your video," and so we know that it had, it sort of moved its way around. But they haven't given us access yet to any of the other kids' projects in that sense. But that was that's been the most fun science experiment we've had to do. You know, there have been some others that have not been quite as dynamic and fun. Nice. Uh, Chang, what do you got? What's your victory this week? I, I'm still trying to figure out what's a Rube Goldberg. Oh machine. no. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds uh, like you just made that up. Wiley. How do I know this is real? <laughs> um, well, the internet will tell you that I'm telling the truth. Well, how do you, you know, know it's always, <laughs> internet's not always real. <laughs> what is it though? Uh, well, Rube Goldberg was famous for building these sort of elaborate, ornate, overwrought contraptions that were very complex, but they did simple things. They were meant to to do something very simple in an overly complicated way, cartoonish kind of way. And it, it, you know, it's, it's, I think the inspiration between a lot, behind a lot of things like Lincoln Logs or Tinker Toys, or a lot of those like, you know, build this thing and have the marble drop here and roll over here and do this and that. That's a Rube Rube Goldberg? Because it seems like you guys know Grace literally just came out of the kitchen and and just tried to do the diagram and gave me the face like what kind of special idiot are you? <laughs> how did I, how have I never even heard the word Rube Goldberg before? How is that? It's possible? the it's the opening scene of Back to the Future where the the whole breakfast is made via this machine that opens the dog yeah, food I, that I, okay, blocks I, it. I, I get I get that I, I you know I can recognize that machine, but you know what's not coming in my head? Aha! <laughs> the Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> Yeah, it takes it. Does how take is this? How does everyone know the name of this except me? <laughs> it's true. It's crazy. 
Your kids, even the even their his kids know what a Rube Goldberg machine is. I must have cheated high school or second grade that day. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you the DOE worksheet, Dave. <laughs> um, so we've successfully educated Dave Chang a little bit here on Rube Goldberg, but uh, Dave, give us your your week's parenting victory. My parenting victory is almost always food related with Hugo because um, he isn't really doing much else. Like I try to read to him now and he's like, no, <laughs> has no, no desire to read much like his father. And uh, <laughs> th- like there was a moment where he was like, yeah, I'll, I'm going to read. I, I like this. I'm going to sit down for five minutes or so. And we'll take breaks. And now that's just not even happening. But the the true thing that I feel proud about is I have not given up making him food. So I made a, uh, I finally got him to eat frozen avocado yesterday. And I felt like I won because nice. avocados I've learned, I've never had so many avocados, but he really consumes a lot. And if you go to the supermarket right now, they're all overripe. So it's been a little bit difficult to get ahead. And uh, we ordered some, and I've been trying to like allocate a couple per day because we have someone in this house that can't eat gluten, and he's on a low cholesterol diet, so he's consuming a lot of avocado. So I was just like, no, these are for you. Go, I gotta like set aside these things, these avocados, and and it just dawned on me as like we got too far ahead of trying to get unripened avocados, and I was like, oh no, I, I have to get ahead, and I can't eat guacamole. This is he's not gonna eat guacamole, so. I was like, I'm going to try freezing them. Have you guys ever frozen avocados? No. Yes. Doesn't work as well as I thought to start. (laughs) Would you have any tips? Did you blend it? I didn't blend it. I smashed it. He doesn't like blended foods. He doesn't like blended foods at all? (laughs) He doesn't like the super smooth foods right now. He just is like, there's no texture. So you just picked it up like it was a comey and squeezed it and like, <laughs> put, like grabbed it until the juice. No, was... so the so the first four or five times I tried, I microwaved it and then I smashed no, it. That didn't work. No, 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 no. no microwave because it, then it just pisses that water. It's gross. And then you have to just defrost it like thirty minutes to forty five minutes beforehand. And how I was freezing the avocados too was uh, interesting because first I froze them with the skin on halved and then i quartered them and that didn't work so i just did halves cord and then brushed with a little acid and that's it and put it in a ziploc bag and they're figuring like he eats like half an avocado at least a day so i was like really feeling good about myself two weeks ago i was like that should have been my you know we didn't do a dad's podcast two weeks ago that was like i was victorious i was like wow way to be a responsible dad you know your son (laughs) wants to eat avocados i i did it and then he just continued to spit it out. That was It was disgusting. And I honestly hadn't even tried it for like the first three days. I didn't even taste the avocado. Once I tasted it, oh my God. It is not as delicious as a fresh avocado. <laughs> that is for sure. I would revisit the idea of blending it. I don't know. but And blending it with things like avocado and banana, that's delicious. I did not think of avocado and banana. But this is what I did yesterday. So yesterday was like a real victory. I I wasn't giving up. I'd literally been thinking about how to get him avocados because he needs avocados. And it's been hard to get him to eat meals without his avocados. And then I was like, you know what? He doesn't like pure, smooth foods. I know that. He just, he's over that. I don't know why. He just doesn't want anything that's a monotone texture. I was like, ah, I'm going to smash it, but I'm going to mince 
and chop up, like I do a tomato concasse. I'm going to fold that in with a little bit of salt. He ate the whole damn thing. And I was like on cloud nine all day. I was like, <laughs> he, he, he loved it. And this, this is the smallest victory. But that was like six days of total failure. And then we did it today. And I, That's awesome. But you know what I mean, Wiley? That's like the best feeling in the world. It, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is you say that he doesn't like monotone things. He doesn't like purees right now. The one thing I do know about little kids is that they will change with the wind. And next week, he will only want monotone, smooth purees, <laughs> you know. So be prepared for that at some point. But I, I'm a fan of, of blending it with things like mango or banana. They give it like that. That becomes an amazing texture. He doesn't like mango. It's very weird. I'm like, come on, dude. Can you get a <laughs> refund? <laughs> so I, I have like a, I have a very, very small victory, um, kind of related to that. Uh, just you know, Dave saying like, come on, dude. Like, why don't you like mango? That's that's. I don't know how you guys are, but like, I find myself with that attitude way too often. Like, come on, like you've got to like this. It's embarrassing if you don't like this. I need you to like this food. I need you to eat this thing. And that's probably pretty prevalent in, in our sort of lines of work. But, uh, you know, going off of what Chang was talking about on our last ads podcast, you know, making kimchi and feeding Hugo a little bit of the, what is the, what is the liquid called again, Chang? Which one? The kimchi liquid? Kimchi water. Yeah, just water. Kimchi water. Kimchi so water. So I was like, ah, if Chang's feeding his kid uh, kimchi, maybe like I should, maybe I can try. Maybe like my, my kid will take to it. Uh, and so we ordered. We were in San Francisco for one day this week, and we uh, we ordered from Corey Lee's takeout spot. Oh, was it He's, good? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's, crazy. It's really too good. And even in quarantine, he's just like keeping up the quality level so high. But so one of the little, like, there's like a few different panchan, and one is um, water kimchi, which I actually don't know what that is. But you know, it's it's not spicy. And I was like, okay, my daughter will eat some of this kimchi. That's gonna be my victory. I'm gonna make her eat this thing. But she has gotten, she has picked up the vibe that I give off of like. I want you to like these foods and it means a lot to me. And it means too much to me <laughs> that you like these things. And she's like weaponized it against me. So I got her to eat a little mouthful of kimchi, but then for the next 15 minutes, she just fought. Like we finished dinner. It was her last bite of food was this, was this little piece of kimchi. She just followed me around the house. She calls me Baba and she goes, Baba, look. And she just opens her mouth and this kimchi is still just sitting there. For 15 minutes, she walked around doing this, knowing like the power it held over me, just being like, please just eat that and like it. Like it just, it, it was a small victory that she ate it and a huge loss that I've created this monster who knows how to push my buttons in such an intense well, way. Well, Chris, Chris, I, I feel that this is a little bit like Goodwill Hunting and I'm Robin Williams right now. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault. Give me a hug. It's not your fault. I'm trying. I'm trying. We blame, let's blame Chef Corey Lee for not making kimchi that's like immediately <laughs> something your daughter wants to eat right immediately. You know? Hey, Corey doesn't know craveable if it walks out of the front door. <laughs> I'm in the nerve of that guy to just offend your daughter with that food. Come on. No, I mean, it's true. And I know that restaurants are struggling right now, but we definitely left a Yelp review under Ruby's account just criticizing the, uh, the kimchi of this But place. seriously, what's the name of the restaurant? It's San Hoan, S-A-N-H-O-W-O-N, and they're doing pickup where it's contactless. It's just in the it's in the courtyard of Bennu, um, where they're producing everything. And you know, it's it's amazing. It's a ton of food. It's it's a lot of variety, and 
beautiful vegetables and like a little card that has like very clear instructions on how to reheat each thing, how it's supposed to be served. It was, it was amazing. And I, I was like, so I was floored by like the effort. I shouldn't have been surprised at all, but it was, it was amazing. And if you're in San Francisco, you know, and I know people from all over the Bay area are actually coming to San Francisco to get some of these takeout things, but Corey's killing it. Those three Michelin star chefs, they're not allowed, they shouldn't be allowed to do anything else. They should only do three Michelin star food. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> it really is not. It really is not fair. Um, well, that was my victory for this week. I had a couple of other small ones, but um, what are the small even, ones? They're don't, even don't, tinier. Don't, don't stop. <laughs> I had another very small victory again, where um, my daughter. So we're up in my in-laws' house in Sonoma. They've got like a lot of space for her to run around outside, and I've kind of hunkered down into this this office, this spare bedroom as my office, and. Um, she like my daughter likes to burst in here at, at any given time. Chang has seen her a number of times make a little cameo appearance, but she came in the other day and I was just typing or working away and not really paying attention to her too much. And she said, you know, Baba, do you want to see a bug? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, I, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm not really paying attention. And then the next thing I know, there is something crawling on my arm. <laughs> and it's just like she has I look over at her and she has a cup full of bugs that she has plucked from the yard and has carried into the house and is putting them on my arm. And my small victory here was not freaking the fuck out because I was like losing my mind, like looking at what was happening on my arm. And I was like, and I really want to encourage her. I want her to be like a little girl who's who's totally happy to be playing with bugs and lizards and all of this stuff. And I didn't freak out. And I was like, uh, oh, cool. Like maybe we should let that back outside now. We took it outside. And then I immediately just started like having a fucking seizure, <laughs> just freaking out about this thing. Chris, you could have just put all the bugs and left them in a cup and just put Raid on top of it. <laughs> I, I guess that's, I could have just, been, I could have immediately cycle killed of them life. in front of her. <laughs> Baba, cycle of life. <laughs> Maybe some water, days, a little bit <laughs> easy, something a little bit more gentle, perhaps. Same, no, same effect, but a little gotta bit prepare her for the Prepare her for the reality of, of what's out there. Kimchi water. Kimchi <laughs> water. water. Yeah. And then the next day she came in with a lizard she had caught and put that on my arm. And again, I didn't freak out. And that was my small victory was uh, suppressing my, my own fears for the sake of my, my daughter being brave. How many times you shower? Uh, I immediately ran upstairs <laughs> to the shower. Like, I don't know. Like, she's just tra traipsing around like a creek, pulling gross things and putting them on my arm. Um, but no, I, uh, that was my, my tiny victory. I mean, you're, you're raising a hunter-gatherer. That's a very, very important skill. Things yeah, we're going to need that moving forward in this, in this yes, world. I think we are. Goddamn Renee. We've been planning for this. <laughs> Fucking Red Zeppi, always a step ahead. Um, um, Wiley, you have a giant sheet of paper. What else you got on that thing? Um, well, I mean, I have a series of victories yes, and a series of more. losses. Um, I want to hear the more victories. You know, uh, I've, we, we drink a lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. It's something that's important to this house, and something that I I very much uh, value and love. And uh, this week, I successfully got Ellery, our younger daughter, to uh, load the grinder with the beans, <laughs> grind the shot, weigh it, pull it on the scale, stop at exactly the right time, 
I'm sorry, tamp it. She tamped it. Then she pulled it. Then she, uh, on the scale, shut it off exactly the right time, foamed the milk, poured it in. Um, and it was, I mean, it was an exceptional, it was a perfect, everything, she did everything right. And then she, um, you know, she said she wanted to knock it out. And that's her favorite thing is like the knock box. She, she got ex excited to do that. And uh, I felt like that was a huge victory that she could pull a complete espresso from scratch, like cleaned up the station, made no mess, worked it all out. It was awesome. It was awesome. I felt like that was a victory. Felt like that was a big victory. Um, how long did how long did it take her to learn this? Uh, we've been working on it for a couple of weeks. Uh, she sees again that it's something that's important to us, and so she wants to wants to be a part of it. And uh, I think that kids are cool like that. They see that you like to do something, or this thing makes you happy. And so if they can participate in doing that in the making of it, then they they can participate in the in, in a part of making you happy which they feel good about um makes them feel good about themselves and i think that that's that's super cool that she was able to do all of that um and uh and do it and do it extremely well like there was really nothing bad i could say about it there wasn't a lot of correcting at this point to do um she's got it down uh so that well that if was you just exciting. uh if you can teach her to misspell people's names she can get a job at starbucks right away just get this thing going. Employ this kid. No problem. No problem. <laughs> so I, 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 I know, I know Wiley very well. I also know like how upset she can get at certain sort of uh, things in the kitchen. <laughs> what would happen if your daughter just said, "I'm not measuring it. I'm just going to eye it." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dad. I'm just going to chuck in some xanthan gum. Is that okay? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy! No, no, no can do, Buckaroo. That's, Why'd you get Ellery? Why are you grounded? Because I wouldn't measure the coffee. Thank you. Well, all all of her friends would understand. I'm sure. Dad, I'm not going to use the metric system. I'm going to continue to use the imperial system because it's superior. No, no. No. Ounces, ounces over grams any day of the week. <laughs> Ellery, I got your back. <laughs> no way, uh, buddy. No way. I'm sorry. It's coming, man. It's coming. That's her rebellion. It's never going to be an advantage. Maybe when you buy that bag of weed, Dave. But <laughs> That's literally how I learned the metric system. <laughs> that's, that's when you know it's a good measuring system. When drug dealers are like, we need something more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> was like this is really affecting our bottom line. What we got to a more accurate system? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, what's you know only only bad weed dealers sell ounce bags. <laughs> right. This is about an ounce. Yeah, yeah about an ounce. Like, no, a zip it, like a Ziploc bag. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah, two two fingers. It's two fingers. <laughs> that guy's that's, losing money. That's all you need to know why we should switch the world over to the metro. Well, the world has except for America. Drug dealers don't fuck around. Yeah. Twenty-eight grams, please. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> Pablo Escobar was like, "Yeah, just give me a couple pounds." <laughs> you know, when we opened up WD, Dave, that was the name of the big, big scale we bought. It said right on the front, Pablo. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, that's so good. So whenever I see a gem scale, I think of three things. Now, it's either someone that is actually like in the diamond district. Or they're a drug dealer, or they're a cook. 
That's it. Yeah. You got to choose yeah. one of the three. Well, sometimes they sometimes there's crossover. Yeah, there's, there's a Venn, crossover. there's a Venn diagram there where like some people exist right in the middle of all that. Correct. Correct. Um, These tough times. All right. Well, I think uh, Wiley has sh- has put us to shame with his multiple victories here. Can we move into the? Uh, well, he's a grizzled veteran. He's got two kids. He's like, look about the reps he's had. I know. Come on. We didn't expect this part where like a, a seasoned veteran parent was going to come in here and make us look bad. This, but. Fu- this fucking guy's whipping out Rube Goldberg machines for fuck's sake. We have no chance here. We have no chance. Yeah. <laughs> we, shot a, we shot a stomp rocket over the roof and she caught it on the other side of the house. That was What's a stomp my... rocket? What is going on over there? <laughs> a stomp rocket. You know what a stomp rocket no, is, No, I Dave? don't know what a stomp rocket is. It's perf- I'm going to send you one because that's perfect for Hugo. When he falls off the bed, he can hit the rocket launcher. And send it up into the air. It's great. <laughs> Caught great. a stomp rocket. I don't. Is know. that something that's like an air propelled thing? Where you just press down on your foot and it, it goes. Up? It's like an. It's like a Nerf rocket, and and okay. it has a small hose and a tiny little pad, and you just jump on it, and it shoots the Nerf up in the air. But we've been shooting them over the house, and Ellery was on the other side of the house. I shot it over the house, and she caught it, which was that is awesome. Nice. Let me ask you a question, Wiley. When can I expect? Or should I have already expected my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter to be able to catch a goddamn thing? Uh, yes, absolutely. You're doing a terrible job. <laughs> she cannot catch any... I mean, she can catch, like, a, a giant ball that I throw to her, throw, quote-unquote, like, from two feet away. But it doesn't feel like it's getting better. Well, I think it all depends on your level of sports appreciation. I mean, is I mean, it something Just don't give do it to me. What it, Do I need to send her to some remedial sports camp here? Like, she just is not... She's not catching things. By the way, when did your kids start speaking? Today? Did, did, did your two... No, 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 in general. Like, uh, what age? Like, did your two daughters speak around the same time frame, Wiley? Uh, I think Sawyer was a little earlier than Ellery, but very... Yeah, very similar. Very well, similar. Like, four, like, what one month? Like, more than one Ooh. word. Uh, I'm gonna have to check with the the big boss on that before I give some incorrect data. What about you, Gang? Um, I think like you know their like first words like you know mama baba type of stuff was right before she started walking ten months or something like that. I I don't think that I heard like a discernible and oh the the thing that she started we we started doing early and I wonder if you guys have done this is like the sign language stuff is really helpful. Like the 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 signs for milk and more and things like that. Like she started using those uh, pretty early and and relied on those for a long time. But I don't think she. I heard like wor- two words put together until you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen months or something like that. And then I remember like meeting some other kids who were a little younger than her when she was like two. Who I was just like, oh no, this kid is like talking to me in full sentences, and my child is just like more, more. <laughs> Because, like, Grace's mom has been, like, taught Hugo how to, like, wink if he likes something. And, and like, he's eating. And if he skill. likes something, he just starts winking like this. And I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck is teaching him this? What the fuck is going on? That, wasn't, one... a, that wasn't a wink, Dave. You were blinking. That's different. <laughs> winking, winking is one eye. No, he goes like this. He goes like this. Wink. He goes. <laughs> he goes both eyes. There's um, also a little head, head nod involved yeah, with that as well. Wink. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, so, you know, part of this is my sheer amazement still that they actually are learning things. I know that is like on paper, you read it, but then to see it, you're like, wow, 
what the hell is happening? This is insane. Because like the, the next step that I keep on thinking about, like he's trying to say words, like he said, thank you, or you know what I mean, a close approximations. Do you guys remember the time when your kids strung together like a complete sentence? Because when that happens, I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> I mean, Wiley, jump in here. But I, for, in my recollection, it comes in little, it, it, you know, it's not like one day she forms a sentence. It's you get two words together and then you get three. And then at a certain point, you're just amazed every day that they're like picking up some, like using some phrase that you cannot believe that they're using. Yeah, um, I think that's true. I mean, I don't, I don't, again, I have to double check with Miley the specifics of, of a, like a, of a phrase or a sentence, but I, I have a vivid memory of being at the doctor's office with Sawyer when the doctor was asking her if she knew her colors or any of the colors. And, and we said she knew all of her colors and the doctor was like that. No, no. And then Sawyer just rattled off all the colors. And that, I mean, that's not a, that's not putting a sentence together, but that's saying a bunch of things in a row. And also was at a time when, the, when the doctor wasn't expecting that she would, she would have that capacity so that was that was a cool moment i definitely does, remember does sawyer that. still remember russian yeah yeah oh my they both, gosh she's so they smart both have, wait what's the they story both there have piece of that uh so our our first nanny was a wonderful russian woman and she spent the first eight years of sawyer's life and the first uh six five and a half years of ellery's life with her um and we told her originally when she was with Sawyer, our older daughter, I said, we don't, I don't want you to speak any English to her. I want you to only speak Russian to her, which she did for a long time, for, for quite a long time. And so um, that was always weird because I would come home and the two of them were rapping in Russian. I was like, are they talking about me? Is she running guns to the Chechens? What's <laughs> happening? Like, I have no idea. Is what's she going undermining on. the fabric of American democracy right now? <laughs> uh, and, and of course, no, they were talking about like apple puree or pears or something, but um, but they, it was wonderful because like my daughters did pick up a lot of Russian and, um, Sora doesn't use it, uh, hardly ever anymore, but Ellery will tell me like, you know, no, I don't, I'll, I'll like want to give her something to eat. And she'll be like, I don't like that, but she'll say it to me in Russian, uh, wow. which is, which is funny. Chang, are, are Grace's parents speaking Korean to Hugo? Yeah. Only Korean. And this is what this is like a true moment because breakfast today there was a giant conversation because the the house uh, we're we're staying at the the, the 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 my friend he was asking he's like so wait it just seemed normal to me because they were talking to me in Korean I was responding back in English he's like why don't you speak Korean I was like because I'm so bad at it and I don't but this is just how I'm wired into thinking and he's like. You know, my Japanese is better than my Korean, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I just don't have an aptitude and I'm a horrible student. So, no, I'm not going to start to learn it now as much as I'd like to. But, you know, I'm really excited that Hugo's learning. And it didn't even dawn on me till this morning that I was like, oh, my gosh, Hugo actually hears more Korean than he does English. I'm pretty much like the only person that speaks English to him. And then um, and then a whole, another holy shit, oh, my God moment was, oh, my God, Hugo's Korean is now better than my <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, like we are reading like uh, you know he's got these flashcards and everything and i'm just like oh we're studying korean together in so <laughs> it's true i i've learned like a bunch of animal names in chinese that i never knew as a kid yeah totally so i feel bad 
when I consider that my son is 14 months old and he already has <laughs> a higher reading comprehension in Korean than his old man. So I, uh, I, get, I should get used it's to It's amazing, it. though, that he's, the two-language thing is going to be gold later. You're going to get that back so much. It's amazing. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Today's episode of The Dave Chang Show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. During this time of change, we want you to know that ZipRecruiter's focus hasn't changed. They're still doing what they've always done, helping people find work and helping businesses find the people for their open roles. If you're looking for a job, ZipRecruiter is working with you to find the right job faster. They are dedicated to helping you get hired from caretaking to delivering food and goods to building medical facilities, supplying protective equipment, and so much more. In fact, ZipRecruiter's app will send you up-to-date job openings so you can be one of the first to apply. And if you're actively hiring, ZipRecruiter will invite candidates to apply to your most urgent roles, making it faster and easier to reach the people you need by connecting people who need jobs and companies that need people. ZipRecruiter is working with all of us so we can keep moving forward. Let's work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. Today's show is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass lets you learn from the best with exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. You can learn how to cook California cuisine by Alice Waters, Mexican food by Gabriel Camara, Italian food by Massimo Batura. These are all amazing people. I'm lucky to call them my friends, Thomas Keller, Wolfgang Puck, Gordon Ramsay. My favorite is you have Aaron Franklin of the Great Franklin's Barbecue in Austin, Texas. There's literally over 80 different instructors across tons of categories. There's literally something for everyone. You have Annie Leibovitz talking about photography. You have creative leadership from Anna Wintour. You have hostage negotiations. The list goes on and on. The Masterclass app is accessible on your phone, web, Apple TV, or Amazon Fire TV. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons and downloadable materials, all of which you can explore at your own pace. And lessons are about 10 to 15 minutes in length, so they can fit into your schedule whenever you're making time to learn a new skill or master a hobby. Try it at bedtime. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Buy one annual Masterclass all-access pass for yourself and get one free to share. Go to masterclass.com slash Chang to get started with this limited time offer. That's masterclass.com slash Chang. And now, back to the show. So let's get into let's get into some questions. I think we've already started a little bit here. No, 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 no. What do we do? Bad. Oh, we sorry, had any sorry, sorry. Failures. Some failures. We have not. We've not covered our failures yet. Um, you know, Wiley, you are our special guest. You got to go first with your victories. Now, as our as our enemy for being the best dad by far, you get to go first with uh, failures here. There were a couple this week. One of them was I was so in the weeds during lunch that I served my daughter her entire meal in a cork container. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get in the weeds so much, Jeff? What uh, it was the homeschooling part. And then, you know, lunchtime comes, comes fast and unforgiving, 1130. And so I was just weeded and I was heating stuff up and I was, you know, I was just, all right, here, here you go, cork container. And she, she gave me a look that, made it quite clear that that was unacceptable and disappointing. Uh, so I felt kind of bad about that. And I, the whole, I trying to spin it like, oh, this is how we would do it at work. And isn't this cool? You're like, <laughs> dad was completely wasted. She was like, there, there's plates right there. Why, why did you not? It was a fail. It was definitely a fail. <laughs> was that your worst fail of the week? 
no, I think the one that I felt even worse about was we, um, we've been starting math on this new program this week. The school changed the program that she does her, Ellery does her math homework on. Um, and she was doing it and she did it all right. She didn't get one answer wrong. Um, and then we put the computer down and we came back to it and it was supposed to have gotten turned in and, uh, it didn't go through. So I went to, I had to redo the whole thing to turn it in. And in the process of redoing it, I got one of the answers wrong. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's which, terrible. uh, I still haven't told her about, but I feel really bad because she had the perfect score and then I've, I rushed through it and I got one of them wrong. Um, so that was not a proud moment. Wait, so uh, are they doing these equations not on paper anymore, only on computers? No, she gets, she gets um, paperwork that I have to print out, like homework and stuff like that. And then occasionally she'll have a, an, ex, like a, an exam that I'll have to give her without helping her at all or even checking it. And then we'll have to photograph it and send it to the teachers to see how she's doing. But this week they started just um, having a, a, through this program called Zern, where they could, they could click on answers and drag on answers. Work, this week we're beginning to learn about multiplication for Ellery, which is fun um, compared to Euclidean geometry. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I botched her homework, which was a little bit embarrassing. Wiley, can I ask you? So this week, you know, my my daughter's only in in preschool, and we had like a you know parent teacher Zoom meeting just about where things stand and when things might be coming back and and how that might look. And you know, my conclusion here at our San Francisco preschool is just like there's no viable solution within sight right now. Nothing is going to happen. And, and there's no way my kid goes back to school anytime soon. Um, how are things looking over there? How, how much are you hearing from schools and the district and everything um, about, you know, the future and when, when kids can go back? Um, well, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's this, unusual dynamic between the mayor and the governor in terms of who has the, the final say and the mayor will say this and the governor will say, well, you know, I, technically that's my, my purview. Um, and so the, the dates have been a moving target. I mean, originally it was mid April, they were going to reevaluate it. Um, and then they've, they've pushed it back. I, I just can't see anything happening this school year, unfortunately. You know, I think yeah. it's, it's just going to come to a close. My theory is, is that they're going to try to get it uh, wrapped up sooner than later in an effort to, to start earlier in the fall. That's, that's, that's my hope slash theory is that they're not going to drag it out. You know, I don't know how it's going to work with all the, you know, they didn't take enough snow days and all that sort of weird stuff that the calculus that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think they're going to probably try to end it a bit early and then start it a bit early. Um, all of which is like a bit of a mixed bag because that just means that, I mean, I like to having the structure since I don't have a job right now, you know, and my wife does have a job. It's good for me to be focused on helping the kids with their school and, and participating in the meals and all that. It's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a lot more work when like from eight to five, there's no school in the middle, you know, that's, that's, it's going to be a lot to fill their day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're trying to figure out if, I don't know about you, Chris, but like, we're trying to figure out if summer camp is going to happen. And that's another weird thing to figure out. Like that, that was actually going to maybe be one of my questions is, is what's going to happen with, with summer camp. But, um, 
we'll we'll dig into that because I got questions about that too. But um, let's stay on this sad failures track here. Yeah, easy. Um, That's an easy one to stay on. <laughs> uh, I, I I'll jump in with a, a failure of my own here. So sort of related to what we're talking about, one of the things that has kind of started to disappear now that we are preschoolless is nap time has really taken a backseat. We've started to lose our our precious 90 minutes of the kid being asleep. And, and you being asleep. And me being asleep. And it, it's, it's more or less been fine because it means an earlier bedtime. It means like bedtime doesn't stretch to 9, 9.30, which is a godsend really for us. Like we, we get a little free time at the end of the day. So, you know, we try to manage this stuff. Some days she gets really sleepy at like 4.30 or 5 and she wants to go to sleep. But by that point, like, no, 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 you can't do Don't that. give you, in. Don't you give cannot, in. Right? You can't give in. No, you cannot. But here's, here's how desperate I got the other day. Man up. We just try to, like, keep her awake now. And I'm just like, Ruby, Ruby, um, what if we watch a show over here? What, what if I do this crazy, this dance for you? What if I give you some candy? Whatever. Bribery. Threats. Anything. Like, just to keep her awake now. The other day, in, like, the most desperate of moments, she was falling asleep. And I was like, my, my in-laws have a pool. And I was like... Ruby, uh, let's go outside and see if the pool is warm. And she's just completely asleep on my shoulder, basically just zonking out. And I was like, uh, I'm going to dip your feet into the pool and see if you wake up. So like, I dipped my kid into the pool. I, 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 but hold on, hold on, stop. Everyone <laughs> that's listening to this needs to see Wiley's expressions right now. <laughs> because I've, never, I've seen a lot of expressions from Wiley. A lot. I've never seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> and that one summarized everything like I feel like I I feel like a cook at WD50 who just replaced all of the gram skills with ounce skills is the look I'm like, getting uh, from Wiley right are, now. What are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> I, I'm trying I've to lost keep my, all sense of time. It's I, like again, I was trying to keep my daughter awake and I thought that like it'd be fun for her. She loves going in the pool. I was like, "Let's dip our toes in." So I dipped her in and she was not having it. She was not. You, cool. you were out of matches, so you thought you'd walk over to the pool. <laughs> I couldn't find a switch uh, in the yard, so I uh, no. It was what that was. A, that is the worst story I've ever heard <laughs> this year, and there's been a lot of bad stories this year, Chris. A lot. <laughs> I mean, come yeah, on, I'm guys. feeling better about myself already. Yeah. I guess I thought this was a safe space, but uh, that's not, no, no, no. That's safe. just a, that is not just a bad thing you've done this week. That's the worst thing you've done all year. <laughs> Telling that story. Uh, well, I, I haven't even gotten to the rest of my list yet, so. You're working top down, clearly. I don't know, man. It only gets worse from there. No, that's that's about as bad as it gets. Was uh, It was a real low, and it was just like a sleep-deprived panic moment where I was like, I got to I gotta keep her awake. And I, we've, I've done everything I, like in these moments of desperation. Well, obviously, you have to train, train her to make coffee and not just serve it. She's got to drink it. <laughs> well, so Dave, we, that's funny. You should mention that, you know, that was, that, that was another accident that happened this week was, um, I swapped the lids of the decaf and the, and, and the regular coffee. <laughs> and not only does Ellery love making coffee, she loves drinking coffee. We let her have a decaf once in a while. Um, oh my God. And she's known to pound her coffee. Like she likes iced coffee. She'll jam a straw in there. She'll drink the whole thing in like two minutes. And the other day, I swapped the lids by accident, 
she had a coffee, full strength, and I mean, she basically shotgunned it like a college freshman. Uh, so what that happened? Was, she did not fall asleep in the pool. <laughs> she was she was enthusiastic for a while. Yeah. Wow. Oops. Well, on on a beverage food related note, this is my bad thing for the week because I think for the most part I've been pretty good, but um, all the while I continue to think like I don't know how single moms do this. Like I have no idea. Like so, I had to make Hugo breakfast. Um, <laughs> And I put him on the counter thinking he wouldn't, wouldn't go anywhere. Like just quickly. I had to like put him there so I could like do this. And, and, uh, I was like, oh, that was, that was, that was not good. And I I was like, (laughs) I cannot do that ever anymore because the next thing I know, cause he's like running around everywhere. I was like, oh, (laughs) that would have been, I thought about that immediately. I was like, that would have been the worst accident of all time. And I would never have to look at Grace. Grace would never look at me ever again. Cause He's just running places now. He would have run right off the counter. That's not the worst thing I've done. You wouldn't be around, so she wouldn't have to work at, look at you. I mean, that yeah, would be... yeah, I'd be gone. I'd be gone. <laughs> yeah, but like again, this is the first time I'm learning these things because like he's just now like running around. Um, <laughs> the worst thing I did, which I, I want to hear, hear your thoughts. So that the, making his food right. So we try to alternate yogurt or oatmeal. Uh, or two days yogurt, one day oatmeal. And, I thought he didn't uh, like soft things. I thought he didn't like puree. So he doesn't. He, he we have to put in a fruit puree in in uh, in his yogurt. Or and it's Avo- got to be avocado sp- yogurt. I'll give I'll give that a try. But he he doesn't like uh, he doesn't like he's such a picky. He's not picky, but the oatmeal has to be the right lumpiness. <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, I'm learning all these things, and I've, you know, um, that's not even what I'm trying to talk about. But I've also learned that it's hard to get the yogurt, so we, I can't get the yogurt that he likes. You know that you know those uh, children's yogurt with no flavor. That's like not Yo Play or whatever, but you can't buy them. I can't get them. And we've been trying all kinds of brands of yogurt. That's why I even tried to make mine in that fucking Instant Pot, but I couldn't get the texture right because I did. I got it. I drained it, but it was too thick for him. Like, I'm just like, I can imagine this is what you've gone through and you've gone through. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I, I, my life is revolved around making yogurt and getting the right consistency. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like, I mean, like, if someone told me one day you're going to be spending hours on end trying to find the right consistency of yogurt, even making it yourself and still be a failure, I, I, it just dawned on me. I was like, man, I got to change something up because he wasn't, eating that much like sweetness because other than the normal fruit fruit that I'll puree like blueberries or whatever because just a little bit chunkiness so he likes to eat that I I uh (laughs) Grace is in the room I was like fuck it so we had some jam so I I told you I mixed some jam in but uh, that's not the problem one day I just put in um, some agave into the yogurt and I made it a little bit more sweet than normal is that a problem no no. He ate the shit out of it. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, honey, right? You're not supposed to give him honey. No, until one year. Yeah. And once he passed that mark, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And once I made it just sweet, like not like candy sweet, but sweet. And I know that he's been getting sugars naturally from fruits, but I was like, is that a bad thing? Because I just didn't want him to freak out anymore, not eat. And then I put it in his oatmeal because he stopped sort of like, like oatmeal too. 
But I was like, I made it a little bit sweet. And he's just like, this is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> so I'm wondering now if there's problems, maybe I just increase the sweetness level. <laughs> I think that should go under your win category, not your loss category. I think yeah, that's, that's a, a strong oh. move. Really? Yeah, yeah, why not? I why feel not? like I'm, I feel like right now I'm getting judged by potentially my wife who's around the corner. Like, this is not how you're supposed to feed your children. I try to waterboard my kid. Uh, Wiley, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Dave, you're trying to, you're giving your kid a little extra sugar. Wiley gave his daughter a full cup of full strength coffee. I try to waterboard galore. mine. And yeah. You put a little agave syrup in the in the yogurt, man. Forgive yourself. I've been really like really conscientious about like what I give him and what he likes. So like that's been interesting. But that was it. I was like, man, am I cheating? Am I giving him just like sugar bombs? No, no way. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I'm glad it was oatmeal too. I thought it was going to be congee, so I'm glad. Oh. <laughs> no, he, tr- truth be told, that kid eats rice. For lunch and dinner. I, I, I can't. I can't give him anymore. And I'm also giving him, you know, chunks of cheese, like cheddar. He, he, his eyes roll over in pleasure. Like, when I give him, like, chunks of cheddar. Mine, too. My, my question is, like, he literally is, like, I video. Like, I put it in. He'll take it. And he, he forces his, anyone, my hand into his mouth. He can't get it in fast enough. He grabs it and he forces it into his mouth. He give me the cheese. He's never done that with anything else question then is because i know this is a conversation i'll have with my wife is that too much salt because now since i have kidney stones which could be attributed to too much salt in my diet am i doing a bad thing by putting salt like how much do you salt your foods for your kids wiley i mean that that's a fair question i mean i i don't think that the amount of cheese that your kid is anywhere near the amount of cheese that i'm stress eating every day when i rip through like five baby bells to get through my day because that's that's what i do i why do so have two layers of packaging to slow me down it. just for a second but i I, mean, I I literally go through like five a day i it's the first thing i go to in the supermarket is go buy a big net of baby bells i've been <laughs> stress eating them for weeks on end but i mean i don't think if you do the math and you break that down over the course of the whole day there's there's not a lot of sodium that that your kid is eating and i just i mean you know my nanny go back to the beautiful wonderful russian lady uh who used to tell me that you know the reason my kids didn't like my food was i oversalted it she used to completely undersalt food for the kids and i would bring food home from wd50 for the kids and they would never eat it and she would always claim it was cuz i was oversalting it but mm. uh i t- i think you do want to underseason your food for your kids but i don't think that a couple pieces of cheddar cheese are putting you in a bad spot. More, more than a couple pieces of cheddar cheese. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a terrible amount. But what I've noticed is because like, you just want your kid to enjoy something and that pleasure, you know, we're pleasure machines. And when I give him something sweet, fine. But when I give him something that's like properly close to properly seasoned and he like, you can see it like light up and his head is like, I want that. Well, and if I, you've got, I mean, you've got cheddar, so why don't you put the agave syrup on the cheddar? Because cheese and honey are, are are old friends. You know, that's a good Very one. old friends. Yeah. And I think he's going to like that for sure. But my question is, is how much is too much, right? Because he obviously responds well to saltier foods now. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to be a bad dad. I, just, I wouldn't season it the way you would season it for yourself. I think that's no. important. I think, you know, you... Wherever you would go, you got to go way, way back. You got to dial it way down. Oh, and I am, but I'm still wondering: is that too salty? 
no. I mean, you know, there is a lot of evidence to support that you have common sense. So uh, I would I would think that that's what you're doing is you're applying common sense and the metric system. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, Chris, but these are real questions that I listen. You can't find this information anywhere. You know, you just can't. You can't. You find it in a book like, oh, salt's like this. But like, as you guys know, there's a lot of nuance and subtlety in just salting food. So, no, there's no fucking book with no recipe that's ever going to accurately tell me this is the right amount. And I know that it's not going to be restaurant level. Absolutely not. But at some point, it's like, he's responding well to salt. Do I want to continue to increase that? No, I think you just want to pinch a a little bit to give the food a little bit of a bump, a little bit of a lift, so that it's not just baseline bland. But I think beyond that, no. I mean, you know, you could... If you're seriously worried, you, there, there are pediatricians that you could consult with, but I don't think that you're at that point. I'll just YouTube it, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely the the <laughs> among the many uh, weak points of of us talking about this is like we're not going to just arrive at a percentage number that that is real for you. But but Chang, like you're not you're you're. I will say this about you, Chang. Of all the parents I speak to in my social group, like, I think you're the most conscientious about this kind of thing. I think you're, you're thinking about this and like what goes into Hugo's body more than most people. eats like a champion, but like, again, throwing not shade to my wife, like they just, today he, he, (laughs) throwing not shade to my wife, (laughs) Grace, this is not, but you know what I'm talking about. Like today they just made him, Grace made him and and, and mother-in-law made him a dengjang jjigae. So the Korean soybean fermented stew. And, I'm like, well, like, like, they're like, he loved it. I'm like, of course he's going to eat it. It's salty. It's full of <laughs> salt. It's full yeah. of salt, and it's going to be certainly less salty. But when you put that up to the, some of the foods that I'm tasting and giving him, I think it's on the level or way less than that. So it's got umami, and it's good, got good salt in it, um, good amount of salt. And they made it with some zucchini and tofu, and we mixed in some rice, and it's a great meal. But again, like, that's just going to be umami salt water rice right and of course that's going to taste good so i'm just saying like i think there's a lot of i won't say push and pull but disconnect between what's acceptable and what's not acceptable because just because one ingredient's wholesome people forget that it might be a salt bomb in and of itself like feeding a kid parmesan i'm like that's basically salt it's dairy salt you're giving a kid Mm -hmm. and not a surprise i gave it to hugo and he loves it so i just think we need to I'd like better guidance moving forward because if I serve him a dish and people taste and it's too salty, that same person could give them, you know, some Parmesan and feel good about themselves. I just think it's not a double standard, but people just maybe need to see it a little bit differently. Yeah. This is my fucking support group, guys. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wiley, do you cook? um, I think this will get us into our our question segment here because Dave had a semi-related question from last dad's podcast, but do you cook a... At this point, with your daughters, are they eating the same exact thing as, as you and your, your wife? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yes. Sometimes, no. Um, and sometimes one of them will eat what we're eating and the other won't. And it, it, it really depends on what, what the item is. You know, um, last night was Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday, a great confluence of events like a like a blood moon or something it doesn't happen with any regularity so we decided to make tacos as a family my wife makes this great like 
spicy cheesy rice thing and you know ground taco uh ground turkey meat and we you know and and sawyer actually loves to toast you know the tacos on the on the stove on the burner um and she gets way into it um ellery takes the tortilla spread sour cream on it and just eats that and then it's like i don't i don't like all the fixings and that happens with a lot of meals where one of them will will go all in and and, and you know we we got to a point last year where um, we were cooking dinner for them and then cooking dinner for ourselves. And last year we decided that that was not right for a lot of reasons. So now last year we made the switch to instead of us eating so late and them eating so early, uh, we would either myself or Miley, one of us would cook for everybody and we would sit down as a family. And there was a lot of, a lot of things that came with that that made sense. We were eating as a, you know, a family of four and tell me a story of the day and all this stuff. But we realized that in order to make it work, we would have to sort of dumb down our meals and they would, would, at the same time, we would ask them to step up their eating game a little bit. So it's not just maybe chicken nuggets and sliced apples and, 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 you know, <laughs> cucumbers, I mean, apple sticks or something like that. Although we still, you know, they still do eat a lot of those things. Um, but, but we, we try to have a meal that the four of us can eat and we're not eating quite as sophisticated as we would like as parents, but we're asking them to step their game up a little bit. And so, um, we try not to have to make a separate thing for them, but I mean, we're, we're, we're an eight top here at the house right now. And so, we we try to make proper meals and that does mean sometimes if we have pasta if i make a big pasta dish that all i do is i just dress their pasta in a little bit of olive oil rather than put whatever whatever condiments or something on it so there is that push pull yeah i say it's sort of related to something that chang was asking about last time in that um you know i think there's there's a sort of movement uh or or, or general philosophy about like you know Feed your kids what you eat, and they'll become better eaters, which is sort of related to this other movement that's a little bit more in, in probably relevant to Chang with, with Hugo, is this idea of baby-led weaning, right? When you're starting to feed them solid foods, you don't give them any purees, you don't give them any special thing, you just give them whole foods, you know, cut into appropriate sizes. And, and Chang brought up this question last time, which was... Well, Chang, do you want to, do you remember? <laughs> How do you, do you ever get afraid that they're going to choke on something? <laughs> yes. All the time. That never stops, right? No. All oh the time. God. All the time. <laughs> like today, like I gave him a piece of, I remember, what did I serve him today? Cabbage, I think, or something like that. And I'm like, he's, every time I'm like, he's definitely going to choke. He's going to choke. It's like, there's no joy whatsoever when I feed it to him. Cause like, I, I'm trying to get him to like, learn how to chew but at the same time it is pretty nerve-wracking like someone gave him a blueberry the other day and immediately like we took it out of his mouth because like that's literally the thing that will make him choke but at some point he's gonna have to eat a whole blueberry and that's what i'm trying to figure out like when is that goddamn day (laughs) yeah i mean we slice grapes in half forever you know for a really 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 long time and still we wrestle with things like ice cubes because miley choked on an ice cube when she was a kid and so even now, and we'll give them a drink with ice cubes, and they'll, you know, they like to crunch on the ice and stuff, and we're just like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but you know, I think that that fear is unfortunately going to go on for a long time. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I looked into this a little bit after you you asked Chang 
like I looked at some real actual sources that know what they're talking about, unlike uh, just me spitballing. So I found like the most unhelpful answer was, don't worry, there's a difference between gagging and choking. Gagging, they're still going to make sounds. And choking, they, they'll they be struggling to breathe. And I was like, that's not helpful. <laughs> like, that's simply not helpful in terms of like what you're supposed to do in, in, in giving kids pieces of food. But I, I think like, you know, it's for sure always a fear. And, and we were pretty cavalier about it. We gave Ruby, you know, like chicken legs to chew on from a pretty early age. And I, she, she never really struggled. And she only kind of gagged a couple of times. But, um, you know, every time they do that, it is, it is terrifying and it goes on forever. I think five, five is when it kind of gets less worrisome. I mean, still, still to this day though, if I have to like run an errand out of the house if, or, you know, if I'm in the apartment and I'm like, guys, I'm going to run down to the store and grab something like while I'm gone, you can't eat. You guys can't eat anything. You know, I'll be hmm. back in five minutes. Here's a walkie talkie. You can call, call me. Don't eat anything. I still to this day, and you know, hmm. Sawyer's ten. There's there's probably zero chance. But I tell her you can't eat anything while I'm gone. That's really interesting. Wow, my mom definitely didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, mom. <laughs> mom she like, Chang. She was like, eat all these blueberries while I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you stay at the so small? They slide right hey. down. <laughs> don't even chew. <laughs> There's this daycare called the mall. Why don't I just drop you <laughs> off there? <laughs> oh, um, my God. But w- w- one thing is, would your kids eat chicken nuggets every day if they could? And what kind of chicken nuggets? I think Ellery would be okay with that. Sawyer, not so much. I like the ones at uh, Target. Target has a, a new line that just came out that's actually really not bad at all. Clean label stuff. And uh, actually pretty tasty, um, you know. I tell myself that it's getting them ready for fried chicken, which is it's like the gateway drug to fried chicken. That's how I talk myself into it. Um, <laughs> I also have a super soft spot. I love chicken nuggets. I absolutely love them. They're the best. Even <laughs> try them. The chicken nuggets and butter is, that is, that is, I don't know what the world record is, but I'm ready like to go for it. Who, let's just say here, who makes the best frozen chicken nugget out there? And the second question is, who makes the best fast food fried chicken nugget out there? Let the debate begin right now. You have two seconds. Go, Chris. Uh, I have not had a frozen chicken nugget, although I had frozen orange chicken from Trader Joe's or whatever the Chinese Trader Joe's brand is, Trader Wu's. And it's not what it's called. (laughs) I, uh, you know, they do those, like they, they make up like weird Trader Joe's, whatever. Um, that was awesome. Fried orange chicken was great. And, uh, my, my fast food one, um, I, I gotta say I'm a sucker for the, I'm, I'm still a sucker for McDonald's with sweet and sour sauce. That's still my jam. Apologies. Nothing wrong. No, there's nothing wrong with that. WD. Again, I'm, I'm really liking right now targets, uh, their new uh, good and gather line of uh, of products and their their nuggets are good. I get a big blue bag of them. Like I said, the label's pretty clean and friendly, which I like. Um, I mean, Mickey D's is good. I still, I know it's not a nugget, but Popeye's chicken tenders, that's still the single best mm. fried chicken op- option out there, period, I think. But for a pure nugget, where are you going? <laughs> I, probably I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah, I think McDonald's chicken nuggets... Does the Target one have Miklu in it? No. It's got to. No? Mm-mm. 
Boom. But I, 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 how about Joyland? Let's do a road trip to Joyland and see. I want to. Those photos gonna, are making me really jealous. Of is he going to do nuggets? I bet he's going to do nuggets, right? That's the problem. I don't think nuggets work unless they're processed and they're like literally popped out like a like a, like a shape of something, like a non yeah non artificial non man made. It has to be a man made shape. So they're to spo- me, they're supposed to look like Italy. Something went wrong. Yeah, Italy. yeah. But you know, there's actually like four or five different shapes that McDonald's makes for this chicken nuggets. The question then is, so do you uh, refry the chick targets in butter at home, or do you just oven roast them? No, no, I, I, sh- I sheet tray them and put them in the oven. But when I take them out, I spread them with butter and I eat them myself. Spread oh. butter spread on top of a nugget is uh, I uh, I could eat fifty. I swear. You know what I want to do now? I want to buy chicken nuggets, eat them because you know the hotter the chicken nugget, if they're fresh batch from McDonald's chicken nuggets with sweet and sour, holy fuck, just. Right. <laughs> Ranch, but okay. They're so good. No, no. I'm a sour. sweet and sour, sweet and sour barbecue. We cannot be friends, but sweet and sour ranch, I can, I can dig with both. Yeah, ranch. but um, but it's the real move is French fries eating the sweet and sour sauce. That's right. That's yep. it. That is the move. Um, Chang, don't, you have don't a- shake your head, Wyatt. You can't shake your head at that. I'm Wait, sorry. You disagree with French you fries? You literally and sweet just and sour? told me bananas. You just told me bananas <laughs> and avocado. You're going to shake your head at sweet and sour and French fries? Come on, man. Well. If we're going to be honest, Pierre Gagnier made a sauce out of bananas and avocado, so it has to be good. No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no listen. For those that don't know, Pierre Gagnier is one of the forefathers of modern French cuisine. But there's no chef I've ever... And I've met him. He's a lovely, handsome man. I've never heard so many things that can be from the same person. He's... Ten courses, nine of them are the worst things I've ever tasted, but it was the best meal I ever had because that one dish was amazing and it changed my <laughs> life. So, bananas, avocado. You're welcome. One yeah. of the nine. Cheng, do you have a? We got. We got. We're gonna dive into our our recipe and question section here quickly, but really, really quick. Do you have a preferred grocery store frozen chicken nugget brand or no? No, that's what I'm asking because I, I want to learn these things. Uh, and okay. what I wanted to say was, besides the fried chicken nugget from McDonald's, maybe you just freeze those and then. Pan fry them in butter. I bet you that would be awesome. Mm, though I think the water and the butter would make them soggy. What if you? Uh, we can test this out. I think, I think baking. I know you like an air fryer, Dave. <laughs> I have yet. I, I've yet to to. You, you know what? I <laughs> air fryer. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, what was my What was my name for the fucking air fryer? It was uh, the 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 hair dryer oven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they can call it a fryer, then I can call it a hair dryer oven. Oh my god! Um, recipes, recipes. So, really, I mean, really quick. I will say, I like a like I promised. I made the the crepes that you recommended last time, Chang, and it was a fucking revelation. Mm. <laughs> Making crepes is the best, man. It's like so easy, so convenient, and it's just like this thing that you think of as like. Ooh, that's going to be hard and it's a special occasion and it's going to be take so much effort, but like it totally is easy to just like put it in a blender, have crepe batter ready, freeze it, made quesadillas, made it in all the different forms, sweet and savory. Quesa and, uh, crepe. Quesa, quesa crepe. A crepadilla was great. And it led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole where like I, um, cause you've been baking like, uh, sort of like the Chinese, uh, danping, right? Like the mm-hmm. egg with like all yep. that stuff. So, I had that in my head that I wanted to try something like that. And then I was FaceTiming with my parents and they were cooking and they reminded me as they were making this thing that they used to make um, scallion pancakes like every weekend, uh, like with 
not even like dough or batter, but just flour tortillas, like fried flour tortillas with like scallions, eggs, and then pork floss on it and just sandwich them and like fry the hell out of them. That with a little sesame oil. It was fucking awesome. And like, if I'm not going to make crepes from scratch, like a flour tortilla for scallion pancake is super pro move. I thought Can I was I tell like, you the, the new hot the new move that I've been fucking around with. What's that? Adding rice flour to your crepe batter. Oh shit! In what kind of proportions? Like fully rice flour? I'm not measuring shit. That's a measure? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but like, Come on, but like full, full one rice bear flour? paw. The the recipe <laughs> yeah. is one bear paw. <laughs> but is I mean, it, I'm just saying like all rice flour or, or a mix? No mix, mix, mix. Okay. Um, Wiley, you know my my sourdough project, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. That's all you know. That's all you need to know. Using the force. <laughs> Shit. Just you know, inventing. You know, you guys are talking about, uh, about Chris, you're talking about using tortillas. You know, Kenny Shopson had a great hack where he would take, he, instead of making crepes, he would take a tortilla and just dredge it in beaten egg and then That's fry right. it in a pan. And he called that crepes. So good. The late, great Kenny Shopson. I remember reading about that. Super good. Um, well, I was like, I was super stoked to remember this little hack with flour tortillas for for scallion pancakes and i was all happy i made it they were delicious i made it for ruby's breakfast and i was so proud to give it to her and her verdict was it's disgusting (laughs) 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 so not maybe maybe other parents will have more uh utility from that little recipe but i anyway the crepes uh going back to the original point were, were great i'm glad you're making crepes Anything I can do to to push French gastronomy forward, that's what I do. <laughs> I'm here for. Uh, do you guys have any other? You got any go to recipes for this week, uh, Chang or Wiley? Wiley, Wiley, come on! You got plenty. how easy do you want it to be? No, just give us what you got. Give us something. Give us your um, favorite. Well, I know. Well, desserts. I mean, here's an easy, a good one for dessert. You guys like? I, I like puddings. I like custards. I like flans. That's like. I mean, I like. I like cakes and pies, but if I had my druthers, I would go like custard pudding, pot de creme, creme brulee type stuff. Uh, and I have lots of like good memories of, of, of puddings as a kid. My grandmother would, I mean, it was always like from a box, but I like, uh, I have a really simple, easy recipe for butterscotch pudding. Please lay it on us. All right. Do you, you, you want the actual recipe, like units of measure? No, no, no. Just throw it out there. All right. So you take some brown sugar. And some cornstarch and some little bit of salt, and you just mix those together. Then you separately you take some yolks uh, and some milk, and then you pour that on top of it. And then you just bring the thing, the whole thing, to just to just to up to a boil, uh, and pour it out into whatever containers. If you want, if you have, you can throw some actual like Nestle butterscotch chips in at the very end, um, and and a knob of butter. You got to drop a knob of butter in there, and you can have butterscotch pudding in like ten minutes. It's so good. So I can make that with just brown sugar. Yeah. Brown sugar, cornstarch, salt, milk, egg yolks, butter. Chef, you think it's going to work with my big tub of cornstarch and maltodextrin? (laughs) Oh, that mix that you have? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I would would maybe dial the yolks back. I don't know. I think that otherwise it's just going to, it's going to set. It might become this thing. It might be sliceable. sliceable. It might be more like. It might get into like red bean, one of those red bean desserts or something. Mm, red bean, the conquered Asia. <laughs> you know. so might become a little bit more of that type of dessert. But I mean, that's a quick and easy pudding and super easy. That's awesome though. That's that's amazing. That's yeah. like I'm gonna I'm gonna make that recipe today. 
I'm yeah. going to 100%. I'll send you the sure. grams. You have a gram scale, I'm sure, Dave. So I'll send it to you. So I'm going to tell you what I did today. I, I made, and again, no recipe. I've been making a lot of bread now because I, I put away my sourdough project because <laughs> I was just not. So I bought a big bag of yeast and it's been great. You know what happens with yeast? Guaranteed. <laughs> I don't have to worry about starters or any of that nonsense ever again. You bought, are you talking about fresh yeast or dried yeast? Dry yeast. And In, instant or dry active? Dry active. Okay. That's what I got. That's <laughs> what I got. It's what I got. All right. Oh, yeast judgment. Amazing. That's what I got. But uh, I've been making pretty good, like, Sicilian pan and focaccia. I haven't been posting any of this stuff because I know that that's the one thing that my peer group will be like, we always knew you were a hack. Now you are a fucking the worst <laughs> hack ever. That's not going to happen. So I, I, I made a Shenzhen bao uh, yesterday because Whoa. my mother-in-law – oh, today. My mother-in-law made mandu, and we had a big – batch of farce of the cabbage the noodles and ginger garlic and this morning i made um again no measurements whatsoever i just whatever flour was in the bin threw it in there with some hot water some yeast though just got it to a little bit like loose and i just sort of pressed it out like it was bing bread it was very wet dough and uh just set it on the counter flour and then i put like a, a scoop of the farce in it and i just wrapped it up almost like a pupusa without smashing it down pan fried it with some water and i'm telling you guys it's fucking unbelievable i was so happy at how well it turned out because i think that's something we're gonna have to put on the menus eventually is is it's not next necessarily a shenzhen bao but it was so good that i think i have to figure out how to like Actually, I'm going to have to get measurements to actually <laughs> figure out what the fuck I did. Because Everybody likes the calzone, great. Dave. Oh, whoa, 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 come whoa. on now. Come on now. Let's that is not things, a calzone. Let's keep things civil here. It's like a, It would be a calzone if you like dropped it in water like a bagel. <laughs> that was over the line, Wiley. Yeah. Uh, will Hugo eat that? No, we gave him some, some of the center, and he, he did that. He did a bunch of these blinks. <laughs> He's the, the blink, blink twice if you love this. Uh, but response. I'll be honest, I, I'm running out of stuff to make my my, my son. I, I feel like there's nothing left I can do. I've reached one year. Yeah. It's been one year. I feel like year. Chuck Yeager. I've reached, <laughs> reached, <laughs> reached the end. Um, can, I, can I share one more recipe-related thing that I felt was a victory this week? I... Uh, so Chang has been preaching the microwaved chicken thigh yes. stir fry. Yes. yes. Best recipe I've ever made in my life. Can you, you j- describe it really quickly, Chang? You're going to do a better job than I am. Okay. Again, the microwave, wildly mis- most under, I don't have to tell why this, highly underrated tool this from the Jetsons. The best invention in the best last. Best invention ever. Kitchen invention in the last hundred years. Um, if you're trying to get a, beautiful roasted meat in there that's not the point but if you use it as a tool to expedite cooking in a variety of ways it's one of the most unbelievable tools out there so i learned how to cook with this because i when i would come home from work you know over the past year when hugo was still in grace's belly and then post i just had to like figure out how to make food really fast so i would buy frozen chicken thighs and take them out of a package and then put them in a, a plastic bag or something and then i would run it on hot water, then take it out, put it in a bowl, like a just a normal plate, and then microwave it for eight minutes. 
So about one, one and a half pounds of chicken thighs, eight minutes to 10 minutes, depending. While that's cooking, I get my <clears throat> uh, hybrid wok, which is like basically all I cook in. Now that I got them in, oh my God, I can cook so much more stuff now. And then I put whatever aromatics I want to start off. Oil, aromatics, and I could take it to any country I want, right? And usually, let's just say I'm going to do garlic and ginger. And then while that's cooking and I get that done and I put, say, maybe some onions and maybe some basil leaf or whatever, by the time that's like ready, the chicken's done. I then take scissors and I just cut all that chicken up into chunks and I don't have to get a cutting board. It's supposed to be hammered anyway. And then throw it in and literally dinner is done in 10 minutes and I could I could make it Italian. I could make it sort of flavors of Provence. I could do really anything. And it's been the dish I've probably made the most over almost two years. I got you to make it. You did you taste? Did you see me make it one time? Ian? I've seen you make. I've seen you make it. You you did it while we were shooting our our Hulu show before it got shut down. And you like I, I had known about this method, and I you you and I had talked about it a lot. But to see like there were a lot of skeptics in the room, a lot of people who didn't believe in microwaves. <laughs> Wiley's raising his hand right now as a skeptic, uh, and you were like, "Tell me where you want to go." And I think someone said. Jamaica and you put in allspice and some chilies and you and you you made a dish that like a stir fry with like kind of Jamaican inspired flavors and it was it was incredible and everybody was was sort of boggled before I get to my my home adaptation Wiley did you have a did you have a question did you have an objection to this methodology <laughs> no I no I don't have I, I I'm I'm I have no doubt that it's delicious I'm I'm still trying to make peace with the scissors uh, <laughs> oh no but. What, what's wrong with scissors man <laughs> Uh, nothing. I mean, I have like four pairs of poultry shears. I don't use them in that exact capacity, but, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not sure that I wouldn't just take that thing to a cutting board and a knife. That's one more dish to wash. It's ripping. It's ripping hot. It's one more dish to wash. And you're, you're just looking for it to be cut up into small bite-sized chunks anyway. So can I, can I give you Chang my, my one uh, for so, submit this for your approval. My my one adaptation of of the method that I've been used many times at this point. But so you know, my wife and I, we've been dying to eat anything spicy because we're in this house with my in laws and my daughter, and like they just, we we generally only all eat the same things, but like they don't like spicy food. So Smart. <laughs> what I have done, what I did with your your microwave <laughs> method, <laughs> just so you guys for the record, Wally does not like spicy food. <laughs> Right, we and so this would help. That. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> this would help if you were trying to, if you had a, a small <laughs> child or a Wiley Dufresne in your your house that you were forced to feed. Stretching your metaphor of like microwave the chicken, and then I can go to any country in the world. I added a layover, <laughs> so <laughs> I did a little. I did like my basic aromatics, my garlic and ginger. I put the chicken in there, some vegetables, soy, whatever it was. It was almost like a Taiwanese like three cup chicken or whatever, right? Yeah sets a portion aside for ruby and then i went like then i added kimchi and like gochujang and like kochikaru and like made it much spicier and much different and so like at the end of the day i didn't have to make a separate dinner for my non-spicy friends but like i had two very different dishes that were like gonna be like i said a layover a layover on the way to Korea. well i'm glad that you did that but if you look in the fine print of of the form one of microwaving <laughs> chicken thighs you'll notice that it's in the the bylaws that you're allowed to carve out a little bit for someone that doesn't even like any spicy. There, I, in the bylaws, it doesn't talk about age. There's no age restrictions to this. So I'm glad that you did that. I'm glad that you read read the rules too. 
<laughs> I'm glad that you thought of me. <laughs> so anyway, I'm shipping that over to Wiley. I've got a little bit of sweet chicken I'm sending you. No. You know, but, when, we, when, we, when Sambar was open, we'd have, always have to have like separate mise en place just for Wiley because we loved him so much and we knew that he never wanted anything spicy. It was... Man, I came person. like four times a week. That's a reasonable. <laughs> that's a reasonable request for a regular customer. All right, you know it's been ninety minutes of total joy. I want to end this on a bang, <laughs> total bang. I want you to tell the world your thoughts on spicy food. I don't like spicy food, man. I'm sorry. It's why? not my jam. Why? What was the, what's the historical significance of what what happened as to why we continue to eat spicy food? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. We we invented refrigeration, and we no longer had to have food that was starting to go bad, so we could sort of modify it in a different way and allow it to taste like more like what it was meant to taste like, and less like the spices that go on top of it. That's all. That's all I want to hear. Uh, you want to give everybody your phone number so they can call you about this? <laughs> no, I know. I know that I'm uh, definitely on an island all by myself without the spicy food. And maybe Chris's kid is going to come visit me and share <laughs> a dish. But I know. I know. I'm, it's, there's a lot of – I've been made fun of for that more than just about anything. And that's okay. It's okay. Um, Chang, do you have a question you want to throw out to the world for this week or, or no? Yeah. When do you start introducing sports to your babies? What's the, what's the appropriate age? And when should I not be disappointed that they don't know how to throw, have a perfect throwing motion? <laughs> when, when, when should I be not disappointed to know that, like, they may not be the sports prodigy that I need them to be? <laughs> that you're counting on? Yeah. No whammies. No whammies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, slowly, slowly, it starts to go, like, maybe there goes the D1 scholarship. There goes... You know, it goes like maybe you start off with anywhere. They're all like LeBron James or something. No, I, like said, I said it moderately. I'm like, a, my, my top was a, a Olympic medal. I went like Olympic medal and backwards. Like I was trying to, that was enough. That, no, that was I, want the, I want that scene on SportsCenter where, you know, the kid gets drafted and buys his parents like a new car. And I was mm. like, that, I want to be that parent so yeah. badly. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to be the first dad that was able to like, be cool with their son <laughs> being a successful athlete and not have this Todd Marinovich type of relationship. <laughs> yeah, that didn't end well. I don't think that ended well at all. So, you know, we're hoping. But unfortunately, it seems like Hugo has got uh, the, the motor skills of his old man. So it looks like a lineman for him, for sure. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question, though. I think if there are any, if there are any athletes out there or parents of of young athletes like how when did the sports really start clicking when did that happen I'm, I'm curious too so that can be our question to throw out there for this week mr wiley thank you as always we need to have you back on people love having you on this podcast they love hearing your voice i certainly do always a pleasure thank you thank you two great dads thanks for having me <laughs> thanks wiley we are dads we are dads. We have children, so we are dads. Well, that was my conversation with Wiley Dufresne, Volume Three of Dads, with the great Chris Ying. You know, we we've been talking a lot. We are 
constantly evolving this show. I promise you that uh, some bigger changes are going to come as we reorganize and reshuffle. In some ways, this is exactly like how we run our restaurant business or I do. It's, it's, we try things, it doesn't work. We try some more, it doesn't work. And that failure isn't failure. It's just a constant progress towards something new. And uh, we have some, I think, a game plan that makes sense that should make hopefully the audience happy and a little bit more cohesive. So I don't want to talk about it too much. We're still finalizing what these things might look like, but I think without even having to talk about it, you're going to be able to see what we're doing. So with that being said, I will let you guys go. Thank you so much. Support Do's Donuts, Wild Refrain, support your restaurants, and um, be safe, everybody. Stay inside. Give us five stars, however you rate this podcast on Spotify or iTunes. Thank you.